everyone, and welcome back to Archive Conversations with Jasmine and Nicole. Hello. This week is actually our last podcast episode about relationships. If you didn't know, we were actually planning on doing a whole podcast mini-series about relationships, (laughs) but I don't even think we made it through five before we hit it to what we now think is our last uh, podcast for this this mini-series. To be fair, we also did not know how many episodes it would be, so it was a mystery for us, too. It's, it's been a journey that we've been on, but we thought this would be a good one to wrap it up and then we could kind of move on to the next. Who knows what Nicole and I are going to talk about next? <laughs> the possibilities are quite literally endless. Uh, so we've discussed a lot going on with relationships. Mm-hmm. So to, to, just to prime today's conversation, we're going to be talking about something a little vague and ambiguous that actually Nicole and I haven't discussed much in detail before, just like right. through, through being friends, right. um, which is relationship deal breakers. Mm-hmm. That's a really big concept, I know, right? There are so many relationship deal breakers. Nicole and I did a little bit of research before we hopped on this podcast. And I think what we realized is everybody has a different definition of what a deal breaker is. I think in, in its most simplest form, it's just something that you dislike in a partner and you would right. choose to end a relationship over. Right. But I want to focus for this podcast on larger relationship deal breakers. I think right. things that people consider that are really big things that happen over a series of a relationships or even before a relationship and kind of get both of our takes on yeah. specific deal breakers since we haven't discussed them before. And we chose sort of like contentious subjects as yes. well. We didn't include anything like, you know, you have to like be attracted to them. It's like usually that yeah. is the case. So that's a great call out, Nicole, because Nicole and I were reading some of the deal breakers and it was like, oh, <laughs> funny, you know, but it's like, I don't know I think that's just like a personal preference like some people like the fun yeah know, that's a little weird thing to call out in a top 10 relationship deal breakers yeah uh, article yeah exactly so hopefully you will listen to this and feel really fired up and and have a, a strong opinion on either side so totally yeah. yeah and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preface this conversation by saying Nicole that I've gotten a lot of my relationship advice from Dr. Phil so I'm going to be referencing a lot of Dr. Phil here, just to, just a little FYI. Are you being ironic, Jasmine? I honestly, Should I take I do, you seriously? I do watch a lot of Dr. Phil, and it's a problem. I know he's not a real doctor. You can send it to my Instagram later, y'all, and tell me how much you hate Dr. Phil. You know how, like, in debate strategy, one way to disarm your opponent is to say, I know <laughs> what you're going to attack me for, so I'm just going to acknowledge it. So Girl! you don't. Because wow. I was going to say, you know he's not a real doctor, but it sounds wow. like you know. Anyway. I know, but I'm still going to use it. So what does that say about me? I'm a good debater is what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, actually. Though. <laughs> so I wrote down a couple of the big ones. So again, Nicole and I haven't discussed these beforehand. We're just gonna be giving our raw, honest thoughts. Maybe Nicole and I right off the bat will just agree with it. Uh, but maybe right, we'll just right. kind of have a healthy debate about uh, some of them. Great. So I'm actually going to just start with a big one because it feels like, you know, let's give the listeners what they want. Let's start off with the juicy juice. <laughs> okay. Nicole. The first one is cheating. Ooh. And obviously this is, this can be done either pre-relationship or post-relationship as in before you started a relationship with a person, they cheated with someone else. Right. I would like to focus first, if possible, on if they cheat while you are in a relationship with them. Fair enough. They cheated on you. That is contentious, Jasmine. I mean, like a good amount of people decide to stay or not stay with their partner. So yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So you go first. What are your thoughts? So per yeah, good question. Um I'm not saying that this is without exception, but I think generally speaking, 95% of the time for me, I believe that if you're in a relationship where your partner has cheated, um, it is a deal breaker. Because okay. uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Because it's, it's um, I think it's a huge violation of trust mm-hmm. and I don't want to, I don't want to um, assume, but I feel like it's not incredibly difficult to cheat. <laughs> um, and also, I guess here, before I go into this, you and I need to define what cheating even means. Are we talking about yes. physical cheating or mm-hmm. emotional? That's a great question. Um, I was just thinking that, okay, so since we know your answer is no, and I think at a high level, my answer is no, I should ask you first, 
are any forms of cheating that you can think of emotional kissing versus some yeah. second base versus full yeah. home run are any yeah. forms you know not a deal breaker for you I think in the form of emotional cheating where you find yourself attached to someone that's not your significant other, I could understand it if you decide not to act on it because I think sometimes we have impulses that maybe we just can't act, that we can't control. Like, you know, I just really want to eat mac and cheese. I'm craving it. I'm thinking about it a lot. But if I choose not to, I feel like you can only judge that based on my action my choice not to eat it, which is my control over the situation. Mm-hmm. And you have to be tactful, obviously, of how you communicate your emotions about mac and cheese or yeah. the, the other, you know, person. Right. And okay, so then just one small example. What about emotional cheating with like a little bit of sexting? <laughs> okay, then in my opinion, no, that that crosses the line. Because you, you know, have control yeah. over whether or not you sext. It's insane, but I am 100% on the same page as you, where it's like, that is, sexting is basically, like, that's the line. Like, you've right. locked it now. Right. Even something like a kiss, I'm I'm a no-go. If anything, yeah. that's, like, worse. Like, you want to <laughs> kiss someone? Like, why do you want to kiss someone? <laughs> it sounds like you and I agree, then, that it's about control. It's about whether or not yeah. you are choosing to do something when you have the agency to not do it. And I think because... The, the reality of the situation, the way I view it is emotional cheating, there isn't a clear line between what is just a really close friendship and right. what's emotional cheating. I mean, obviously, we can say there's clear lines between like somebody just saying like, I love you, but I don't think yeah. that that's what we're referencing here. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of gray area. And I, I think that in those cases, I could understand how mistakes could be made and a relationship could be built on top of that. Whereas I agree with you, the other things, there's a lot of thought that goes into those actions. Um, And I'm definitely of the opinion, I don't know if you are, where it's like, it's under no circumstances. And I've made that very clear in my relationships. Like, I don't care if you're inebriated. I don't care if you're high. It doesn't make a difference for me if you can't control yourself when you're on something. Then right. why would I want that? Like regardless, right? It's still you. Yeah. Then you shouldn't do that if you feel like you can't control yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like you still have the choice and agency over whether or not to get to that level, right? Yeah. And you know um, what's so crazy though, Nicole, is that you and I have the same opinion. Um, but I've I've seen it time and time again, not just from Doctor Phil, but from other <laughs> reputable doctors out there. Doctor Fauci. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doctor Oz. Okay. Boy. <laughs> um. That people basically say that a lot of people view cheating the same way that you and I are viewing it, as that it's a deal breaker. But they say that it doesn't have to be the end right. of your relationship. And I think that's so I think that's so tough. And maybe there is a way back, but it's really hard for me to imagine to ever get to the point of like complete forgiveness that I'd be able to have a normal relationship after that point. I agree. I completely agree with that. I think like one of the tenets of any relationship, especially, you know, one one of the most important ones you have is trust. Right. And and the thing about trust is that once it's gone, it's really hard to rebuild. Um, yeah. So it's really, really precious. I think there are probably instances, right? It depends on the scenario of why you need to make your relationship work. I imagine if you have young children or if you right. you know, and you're responsible for others, I could see why right. you want to put more effort to rebuild the trust. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Maybe it's just based on where we are in our lives, a couple of 24, 25 year olds. Yeah. Without all these extra strings attached. Oh, I do have one tiny question I want to ask you about yeah. cheating in like this time and age, day and age. Right. Do you think there's more or less cheating in in like society now and by society wow. I mean like you know yeah. US western culture that is a great great question yeah I I'm gonna actually say that I think there is less physical cheating but potentially more emotional cheating just because right. emotional cheating is so like digital nowadays in a sense so easy but the the physical cheating right the reason that I think that that's less is I actually think due to, like, this is super weird, but, like, feminism. Yeah. As in no longer can you yeah. tread on us because we're women. And, like, I yeah. think it was so, like, people were so commonplace to be like, 
yeah, this guy has a mistress. This guy is a second family. And it's not that people were okay with it, but they just kind of let it slide. And I think that women now are more willing to stand up and be like, this is not something I'm okay with. So we're either going to break up and then you're just going to go sleep with someone else. Right. Or like, you can't have me. So yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And to echo that further, I think, um, yeah, I think like the, the confounds of what makes a marriage even necessary in society today are different. So, you know, in the old days, you used to marry because you had to, especially if you're a woman, right? You have right. to marry for to survive, essentially, to right. get out of your house. And now we no longer need to do that. So I think people on average get married less frequently. They get married yep. later. So they have opportunities to really explore all avenues and, you know, what their where their interests lead them. Yep, totally. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, what's next? What do you have on the list, Jasmine? Yeah, okay. So, actually, this isn't – I don't want to say it's similar to cheating, but we were talking about the idea of emotional cheating. So, I want to bring mm-hmm. up something that also I feel like is a little wishy-washy, and it really comes down to how you define this. But right. I'm going to say being really close friends with girls. And, obviously, Ooh. this comes from the standpoint of you and I both like men who are straight. So, let's just say – uh, basically being friends with somebody where there's a possibility of a romantic right. relationship between the two people. Right. So I'll, I'll go first for this one since you went first okay. with the cheating. I'm going to right off the bat, I, I think that I, I definitely have some problems with this. I, I, I do as well. I've thought about it a lot like over the years and I, I definitely think there's a line somewhere. I don't know if I can define it that easily. Maybe we can discuss it as we're talking about it now. But the the TLDR is that I do have a problem when my significant other is too close of friends with yeah. a girl. Yeah. And I think that it is a lot of these, like, I could almost like, let's just, let's do it via example. There's a yeah. couple of things that I'm okay with. Like, I'm okay if, with if they get like um, a dinner with the girl, like a friend dinner, maybe they work together or something like that. Maybe it's casual. Uh-huh. I think drawing the line is like, really long romantic walks at night um <laughs> I wouldn't be okay with that I um, mean hopefully no one is okay with yeah, that yeah maybe that's they have extreme. like a traditional sense of a monogamous relationship you yeah. know even another one is like if when my significant other is upset or struggling with something that the first person he calls is that girl that girl that he's like best friends with I think I'd struggle with that too as in to lean so heavily emotionally on another woman okay question there I I totally agree with you general sentiments and I think like since you and Mark have been dating for so long obviously now at this point you've been dating for what four or five years you know Mm -hmm. it's that would be strange but what if it's in the beginning right of a relationship the first six months where clearly this guy or gal has a best friend of the opposite gender so they're going through this period where, you know, they might be still consulting, you know, their best friend of the opposite gender and not you. Or maybe right. they're doing it, you know, co-currently. That's a great call out. I think obviously, like, we should all be understanding in relationships that there are certain things right. that we don't know that the other person makes them uncomfortable. And I'm going to preface this by saying that, like, you could be with somebody who's completely fine with the fact that you're friends with somebody of the opposite sex that, like, you could have a romantic relationship with. Right. But... I what I did at least at the beginning of Mark and I's relationship is I just made my my feelings very clear that like this is right. the way I felt and if this is currently occurring like with you and some of your female friends like I would love to talk about it and talk about why you think it's necessary right. and why right. you think it does or doesn't cross any lines. Yeah. And um I'm going to be real we've had a lot of, we had a lot of conversations about it in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, because, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think it's natural. Like some people are just like friends with yeah. people of the opposite sex a lot more. Like maybe they get along. And I think Mark is generally like a very friendly person and has had a lot of friends on both sides throughout yeah. his life. And so it really came down to like examining and talking about like each individual relationship that he had and trying to understand, you know, what was making me uncomfortable about it? And is there any way in some of them that we could dial back some of those things, right? Like, for example, it would make me really uncomfortable if he went on a, a long midnight walk with a girl. <laughs> but maybe it doesn't feel as weird if he's just like walking 
to yeah. also hang out with like a third person you know I yeah. don't know like you can you can twist certain ways that it just makes me feel more yeah. more comfortable and at the end of the day it's like you can trust the person but them changing their actions also shows that they respect you enough yeah. to ease your mind even if I know that he won't cheat on me it's that feeling of like okay peace of mind that he knows this makes me uncomfortable and he just doesn't want me to be anxious right right exactly yeah and yeah. I think like for our listeners too, if you've been, you know, listening to our other episodes, I think one of the themes that comes out of all of these topics that we talk about is just being direct and communicating, right? Right. And I think like that is a great tenet of just any healthy dynamic. Yep. Yep. And in some ways, like, you know, if the other person just really doesn't see it eye to eye, then maybe, you know, you were not a great match to begin with. It's right. not that you were direct about it. It's the fact that it's the underlying value or belief yeah. that's different. And I feel like a lot of times when I talk to my friends, they're like, wow, that was so direct of you in the beginning. But I think in reality, not everything has to be such a heavy conversation. It can come up casually. It doesn't feel like an ultimatum of like, hey, drop all the friends that you're girls with right now. But it could just come up casually one day like, hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know that that relationship you have with your one friend, it's making me a little uncomfortable and I'm not quite sure why. Like, I'm not even quite sure why it's upsetting me. Could we talk about maybe some of the reasons behind that right yeah I completely agree with that I think so much of human relationships friendships romantic ones in general a lot of the problems come out of miscommunication or being indirect or not understanding how the other side thinks or feels yeah so the more that you can I think add color or transparency to that the better Mm -hmm. so Nicole back on you you've agreed with most of what I've said but anything add from your personal experience like do you draw the line somewhere differently do you have a place to draw the line of how close is too close with a girl yeah I mean I think I think there's a lot of things that are case by case and I think especially in the first three to six months when you're establishing a relationship there might be a gray area because you are becoming a more significant person or they're more becoming a significant person in your life but I think the key is you know, if there's anything to sum up all of these like gray areas, it's that you're respecting and you're understanding where the other person's coming from. So if I had a close guy friend and I was dating someone and they expressed to me, you know, three months into dating, they felt uncomfortable. We're able to talk about it and I'm able to come to some conclusion about whether or not to change my actions. Right. Yeah. Like I think that's the most important thing. So I think in a relationship where one person, especially the one that has like the opposite, you know, friendship, opposite Mm -hmm. gender friendship, Mm -hmm. if they're not respecting it and they're like, you know what, you should just be secure. Like, I'm not going to change my behavior. I think that in itself, Hmm. even if, you know, there is nothing going wrong, I think the fact that you're not sensitive to it says way more. I agree. It's much more. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do whether or not you actually have feelings for that person. It's about that respect. Yeah. Um, And actually, I thought, you know, since we're kind of wrapping up these whole, like, relationship podcasts, that's something that we could Uh potentially talk about in the future is, like, in a friendship podcast of, like, can you be friends with somebody without developing feelings? And to what extent can you be friends with them without, you know? That is a great subject. I know. (laughs) Let's just put that in the backlog for later. Great. Great. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so I think so far we're on the same page. So let's go ahead and move on to the next deal breaker that we're going to talk about. So this one, I've never really thought about this as a deal breaker myself. You know what? Maybe I have, but it's just recently it hasn't come up. Maybe when Mm -hmm. I was younger, I thought about it a lot more. And I've actually certainly heard friends talk about this. But being the breadwinner in a relationship or choosing that you 100% don't want to be the breadwinner that you would not be okay if somebody wasn't like didn't financially support you fully if you wanted to you know just be um if you want to be a stay-at-home mom for example or do something else like do you have any opinions on that Nicole like do you lean one way or another do you think you have to be an equal (laughs) contributor yeah Uh, I want to give context to the audience too I think in some ways like Jasmine and I are like progressively traditioned or we have similar values even if if like they might seem on on the surface level progressive. So I think my answer, and I'm, I'm going to guess you might have something similar. Maybe not. You might shock me, but I don't really care. I think I it's the 21st century. Like, I don't really have an opinion on whether or not the female or the male should bring in more income. But what I will say is that mm-hmm. I think a relationship should be equal. 
However, equal does not mean making money. I think it means in all the other ways that you bring yourself to the relationship. Um, whether it's like you are the person that um, maybe makes an effort if one person is working a lot, right? Maybe they are the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you work less, like just being the person that is cooking dinner or like taking over like some organizational component, it doesn't even have to be that. Those are just the ones that come to mind. Right. But I do believe in equality. I just don't believe that quality purely comes from monetary means. Totally. I think it's so difficult, though. Like, I think in theory, I agree with everything you're saying. It, yeah. it comes down to typically when women have been more of the stay at home type and men have brought in the bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, the question is, though, it's like, how do you how do you make those things equal? Because often it's viewed that the housework is less important and that yeah. you know, the woman is doing less. Um, and I think that's such a difficult conversation. I think in a in a really weird way, the way, and again, maybe I don't have this opinion developed out for myself, but you know, right now, Mark and I are both making money and we make similar amounts of money. So we've been very equal in our expenses. We've talked about in the future, like, would I be okay if he wanted to stay at home if we had kids, for example, or if I would right. stay at home because we have kids. And the thing is, I would be very okay if he wanted to stay at home if we had kids in the future. But I almost wonder if it's because it's specifically because of the kids thing. Whereas mm-hmm. in the past, let's say 50 years ago, yeah, you know, you could just be a wife who wanted to be a stay-at-home wife, not a stay-at-home mom. I see. You, you know, you just wanted to stay at home and you believe that the man should be the breadwinner. And I honestly feel like the way that I, that I feel because like, oh, you know, if he wants to stay at home when we have kids, yeah. he can. Is because I'm like, he contributed for as long as yeah. he could. And then I have somehow deemed having kids and raising kids equal to the amount of money that I make yeah but I would I would also push back on that and say like that's less about like a contentious deal breaker and more about just like what type of person you're attracted to because it also Mm -hmm. sounds like you would not date someone that just didn't pull their own weight in some capacity right like that person would probably never have made it across the first (laughs) the first line of you know like screening So, so because of that, like, and I'm the same way. And I think a lot of people are like, I think no one wants to, most people maybe not necessarily don't, they don't want to date someone that does not like pull their own weight in in some capacity. It could even be in their own fight. Like it doesn't have to benefit you in any way, but like they're trying to be better for themselves, right? They're trying to overcome something. Because that's yeah. just something that you want to see in people in general, and you right. want to encourage that. But no, it's not yeah. really a relationship if you're just watching someone like not meet their like potential, mm-hmm. not live up to it, not do anything, right? Like not work towards it. That's just yeah. like by nature not an attractive thing to begin with. Yeah, totally. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, Nicole. I think you and I are in the same page. <laughs> I think we yeah. are. I know we're really aligning our values right now. Yeah, like, we could uh, date each other. Great. 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 That's the conclusion of this. Look out, Mark. You have competition. (laughs) You know what's so crazy? Each of these are kind of flowing into the next topic. And so Uh the next deal breaker that I have, we were just talking about kids. But Nicole, would you ever I okay, wait, first of all, I'm gonna assume you've never dated somebody with kids before. I don't know. This is the correct assumption. And also I don't have kids, if that was your follow-up question. I have no kids either, listeners out there, in case you don't know me. Well, you did tell me earlier before the podcast that you basically were viewing your second degree burn as your child. Oh my god. Okay. I just want to share that with the audience. Anyway. Also also I have a dog and that is my child. That's true. We do love Cho. Keyshawn. So cute. So so Um, So Nicole, would you date somebody that has kids from a previous relationship? I think the the short answer is yes, but the long answer is yes under very, very predefined Mm -hmm. conditions. Um, And I think one of the largest ones that's going to be hard to to really be possible is that like this partner um, and I would have we're still sort of in the same stage of life. I like the idea of dating someone that is like not too senior to me. I don't know. There's something about, you know, like going through life and you're in similar journeys. Yeah. Um, And so I think 
generally speaking, if this person has a child, they probably don't fall in the same like stage of yeah. life. Yeah, however, to be later later in life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But there are there are probably exceptions. Like there are times where someone is like, you know, just younger in their mindset or actual age, and they're still building their careers and they're still figuring out who they are. And like maybe for whatever reason they just have a child, right. you know. And so like I'm I am open to that. But again, it really for me is about life stage and where they're at mentally. Yeah. What about so you? I yeah. I hear what you're saying and I agree with the most part. But I will say, if the question was asked of me today. I'd say under no right. circumstances today, even if they were, I think that it's almost the way I view it is it's almost impossible if you have a child and you're a good person, as in like you are in the child's life somewhat. Right. There, it's impossible that you would be 24 years old and still be able to understand what I'm going through in life right now and the struggles right. I'm going through in life right now. Whereas I could imagine that even if I didn't have a child myself when I was 30 and somebody had a child when they were 30 that we would be able to kind of, as you're saying, to be right. in the same stage of life. So actually it is a deal breaker for me right now, but I, I imagine that that would change as I get older. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause in some ways, like our like logic behind our answers is the same, but then our like official answer is different. Right. But I think it's, like, it's, I again... can't, it's like, I can't imagine it. It's so hard for me to imagine that somebody would be able, like they would just, in my yeah. mind, I would almost equate them having a child to be so much more mature than me. That's true. That's what you'd hope, right? Yeah, right, exactly. If yeah. they were like a good father, that's what I would hope that they would be more mature. And <laughs> I think I would hit that level of maturity without a child later yeah. on. But I don't think yeah. I could hit that right now. You know, I think my response is really covering the 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 outliers and the edge cases because that's really when it's only possible. Like I'm thinking right. about like instances where, like you know, like it just the happened and they were not planning for it or like something tragic or I don't know just like some instance where like like this person was just had like another individual to be responsible for but yeah yeah in the same vein um not completely diverging from this kids or no kids this is a little bit more of a general one but do you think you could be with somebody if one of you wanted children and the other person didn't want children and they didn't have children before this is like you're in a relationship deciding what you want to do with your future do you think that's a deal breaker? Or do you think people are able to change and kind of conform and give up, you know, that yeah. part of their desire? I think to answer this question, it's actually breaking it down to two sub questions, which is like, do you also believe one that you can have a relationship with someone that's not like long term or permanent, right? Mm. And then the second question is like the one that you just asked, like, can you have someone? Can you be with someone that like you don't necessarily like yeah. see eye to eye on on kids? So if you believe, and I I do believe that you can certainly have a relationship with someone that's not long-term, as in, like, you're not necessarily yeah. thinking you're going to marry them. Yeah. And in that instance, yes, mm-hmm. I think you can. Because, totally. it's, again, it's not long-term. Right. Um, whether or not I personally choose to exercise that is a different question. I think, you know, it's opportunity cost. And whether or not you have, like, room in your life for that is really dependent on, you know, what you have going on. But assuming that you don't and assuming that you, you know, are busy and you want to date someone and only date someone if you see a long term future with them, then I would say, mm-hmm. no, it's, I don't think it's worth it. Because ultimately, it's quite logical. If you if there's a long term future and you guys don't see eye to eye on one of the biggest points of the future, it's sad. And you, you can only hope that they'll change their minds, but you can only take someone's word at face value. So, yeah, and I think yeah. that what that really shows, because I'm on the same page as you 100% in both regards. Right. Yeah, I believe you can be in a relationship and just think that it's short term. But for the sure. long term ones, it is really important to align. It really comes down to what this is illuminating for us is how important you and I think the decision yeah. of having children is, regardless if you and I want children. Right. Recognizing that even if we didn't, we would think that it's a big enough deal that we wouldn't want to be with somebody who felt opposite. Right. And I think that one, it's just so tricky, honestly, because I think that it really does change so yeah. much, right? Yeah. You could be young and one day you want kids. You could be older and say that you don't want any more kids. You know, it's, it's, you never really, this other stuff, I feel like it's yeah. constant, like cheating. Don't cheat. That's, <laughs> that's my advice, everyone. Don't cheat. But the kids, no kids advice. one. It's, it's tricky. It could be a deal breaker at any point. And you know what is difficult about that is I, I I think a lot of people that stay in relationships where they don't see eye to eye on the kids point, 
like both parties hope that the other one will change yes. their minds. And yeah. I, I, I think that's admirable and I think that that does happen. So maybe you should have like a time frame for like right. six months or a year. But like it's just also not a very certain thing to bet on. Like I hope yes. one day my partner yeah. will turn their mind. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hate to turn this into another feminist rant by Jasmine. Please do. It, Girl, ladies, if you're listening out there, this is tough because we have more of a timeline, you know, in the biological sense than men. And I think that it's honestly insane. Let me tell you a little quick story, Nicole. I I guess I just assumed that all men understood that basically after the point of 35, it becomes way more difficult to have a child. Oh, no. Oh, no, they don't. They don't. (laughs) Nicole, they don't. And I was so shocked that they didn't. And it just seemed so like common knowledge that this is yeah. like a core thing you need to understand. And it's almost like, I don't even blame you for the way that you're acting if you don't know that I you can't don't have know. a Yeah. Like, I think that I should buy out some ad space somewhere to tell men <laughs> so that they can sympathize or empathize or whatever it is. Because like, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, you don't, if you don't know, I get, but it's like, you should know. You know, I, I, I think this is going to be worthy for our audience to, to listen to. Speaking of ad space, I kid you not, a couple months ago, I literally got an ad from this woman from Australia who was advertising herself as a single lady who was looking for a partner. And you click Whoa. on the ad and you, it's literally her personal website. And it's like yeah. a list of her, her like qualities and characteristics. And she just wants to find a guy who wants to have kids. And she's like 35? I was going to ask how old she was. Yeah. Anyway, so literally some people are buying ad spaces to find their partners with aligned values on kids. However, no, you make a good point. And I think most likely you and I will have a separate episode about female and male dynamics and how we view you know oh like, god like, we should do a mini series on this wow no, so we much should. To say. yeah and we should invite at some point in, in the entire like scheme schema like we should invite like a guest maybe like dr phil maybe. yeah right but because he's a guy not because he's dr <laughs> phil <laughs> anyway no you're right i i completely agree with you and i think I want to live a life where, you know, it's equal. And like, I think of myself as like, I can do anything that a guy can do. But sometimes there are biological constrictions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) That was way too wild. That got real, girl. That got real. Got real. All right. What do we have next? (laughs) Great. Next one. We're going to start getting into the nitty gritty. These are like a little more unusual that we picked out here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The next one being... Too many video games. Oh, I know. So spicy. Now, just a little bit of context. Nicole and I read this deal breaker online. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be real. I don't know what too many means. Like, (laughs) because obviously the answer is like, yeah, if somebody was playing it 100% of the time, that's not great. Should we also set the context that you and I are not living in quote unquote normal like environments? So Jasmine and I live in San Francisco, and just so you know, like one out of our two or three friends own a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, like, is that not normal? Of, that is not. See, she is so in the bubble that she doesn't <laughs> understand that's not normal. No, and like I come from a business background, like a good amount of my college oh, friends like, work in like non-tech things, and yeah. no, no one is playing. They some of them are playing like Jackbox TV right. and games, but like. It's not the norm to own a Nintendo Switch and be on Animal Crossing. Nicole, you're blowing my mind. Like, you're, I honestly, like, I feel like I am a man who didn't know (laughs) that a woman's biological clock started really ticking at 35. Like, my mind is absolutely blown. Two points. Number, first point is that that just shows how much of a bubble that we live in. Jasmine, one of the most progressive people that I know, has this, like, sentiment. Second is that, just for, so you guys know, Jasmine spends at least like once a week maybe playing League. So like that also already puts her in like the abnormal quote unquote bucket of women. You know, Nicole, I'm wondering if we should actually just then instead kind of get to the crux of this issue is that mm-hmm. when your significant other does an independent activity at home, I'm going to say, I think that's an important call out about video games as in they could be present with you. They're not right. doing something else. 
um, alone for extended periods of time, even though like I play video games, maybe I could replace that with anything that, you know, in a sense, also, I think maybe another aspect of video games is because they're highly competitive. What I see a lot of on TikTok is that women would get angry at their, at their men for like not pausing their game, you know, (laughs) cause they're like, listen to me. I don't know. Okay. So anything that would require like intense concentration that has to, can't be interrupted while you're doing it at home. So I could just imagine a hypothetical activity like that. I mean, two things again. I keep saying two things. One is this is why <laughs> I love you and we see eye to eye. I feel like in these things we're like, let's bullet it down to the principles. Like this is yeah. the situation, but like let's remove the games. Like it's an independent activity that your significant other is doing a lot of may show, show signs of like addiction, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Right. Like, should you be concerned? And of course, if if you put it that way, right, it could be anything. Yes. Like 100%. Exactly. Right. It could be bread making. It could be it could be anything. Yes, that would be that would be a concern. Because I think part of I you know, it's, I know everyone has different views on this. I think part of a relationship is that you do at times sacrifice your own needs, or Mm. like adjust them. Right, to else. So anytime that you're doing that an excessive amount, it could be anything. It could be even yeah. saving the world. It could be like philanthropy, right? You have an yeah. addiction to philanthropy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, even I was thinking like if they like just worked from home a lot, like would you have yeah. a problem with that? You know, right. I keep on thinking about the uninterrupted aspect of video games, which is why I think so many people get frustrated is that they can't, they can't interact even though that person feels so accessible because they're right there. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually think that there is such a thing as too many video games. Like whoever just whoever's out there just being like, it's just a video game. It's just a way for me to relax. Like you gotta understand how the other person feels. And I almost wonder why do you think this is associated, Nicole, with men? Like, don't, like, is it that women don't do solo activities that can't be interrupted at home? Yeah, that, that is a fantastic question. Um, and you're right. I think on average that it, it, it is always like the problem with men, right? Again, on average, or like, on average, you know, stereotype, totally, right? Totally. Men are doing something like, you know, hanging out with a group of their male friends or like playing video games or like doing something that like, the female is not happy about and I personally think the answer to this is socialization I think that there's nothing too different inherently about women and men I mean obviously there are biological differences but I don't believe that women are um, biologically needier clingier or need more attention Mm -hmm. I do genuinely think that the way that you and I are brought up as women and the way that we're brought up as men or boys are different in a way where it does it's more conducive that we don't have as many hobbies or like we don't have as many like independent activities and men do and and because of that I think that this is how it unfolds girl I just thought of something do tell okay I don't know if this is going anywhere we might have to talk about this later at some point when you said that I just like was like wow resonating (laughs) with this and what if what if just hear me out partially you know this is just based off of personal experience but one thing I've heard from Mark is that you know when men want to talk about their feelings they never just call each other up and talk about their feelings like you and I are doing right now on this podcast <laughs> for the world to hear. broadcasting it to the world right yeah right. they they talk only when they're doing another activity mm-hmm. like they're playing video games and then they're so like true. oh how's your week going honestly <laughs> it's it's really sucky and it was sucky for this reason yeah. And it's almost just like another another way. I think it is that socialization where it's like women are brought up to be like, it's cool to yeah. talk about your feelings. Every single time I have a problem, yeah. I'm getting on the phone with you. I'm telling you how I feel. We're diving yeah. deep. But guys, there isn't that outlet. And so I think that this maybe is just like one factor that contributes to the whole video game thing. Right. Is potentially it's just like this way that they can 
talk with their friends and without the judgment of like you're being too girly you're talking about your emotions too much right and again it's not the whole reason there's a lot of reason that people play video games that they might not talk to anybody but at least this is something that I see that's like very common at least amongst the men around me yeah I think you make such a very observant point is that it's not face value. It's not that they're playing video games. Obviously, it's video games and it's really interesting, right? Like we play games. Like it is right. interesting and it's de-stressing, right? It's not just the fact that it's like addictive. It's the fact that it like takes our mind off of other things. But then on right. top of that, it's their version of connecting with other friends and maybe right. maybe therapeutic. Yeah. But we, they would never want to admit that or for us to label it that way, right? But Yeah, I'm sure there's um, a lot that we could dive in just into video games um, yeah. and our opinions about them. But that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I think I'm sensing that in subsequent episodes, we're going to talk about something about socialization of men and women in different yeah. industries. Yeah, yeah, totally. But what well, do we very, you got next? Yeah, well, actually, those were the main ones I wanted to cover. And what I kind of want to do in these last couple of minutes here is I just want to pose the question for you, Nicole, and then I'll kind of do the same. Mm-hmm. What are some specific deal breakers that, that you have in relationships? <laughs> okay, well, since you asked Jasmine and you said specific, I'm going to take ah! this conversation in a different direction. So, you know, Jasmine and I have been discussing highly contentious yet common, you know, factors of deal breakers in relationships, right? Cheating, friends with girls or or guys, right? Opposite gender, um, and breadwinning and, you know, et cetera, that kind of thing. But I think if you were to ask each of us specifically, like what maybe, you know, upsets us or we're not okay with mm-hmm. one of the biggest factors I've had, and I, I just want to preface this with, I've thought about this deeply. Wow. And it may seem like a superficial answer, but I've got lots of, lots of like, um, like rationale to back this up. Yeah. Um, is bedtimes and routine. Specifically, bedtimes. Um, I'm a big night owl. I think I spend a lot of my like post nine p.m. collecting information and mm-hmm. just being able to decompress from the day and mm-hmm. do a lot of activities. Yeah. So I do genuinely, and like I may be wrong one day. I'm 25 years old. Um, I do genuinely think if I dated someone with a very, very early bedtime, and by that I constitute as before 9.30 p.m., mm-hmm. I think it would be hard. Because in some ways, he he and I would be living very, very different values and very different, like, life lives in, in a way yeah. where I think it would be hard for us to connect. Totally. Um, I spend so much of my, like, 9 to 11 p.m., I think in taking new information and wanting to discuss it with someone that I genuinely don't know how I would make it work with someone that goes to bed at nine or nine thirty. Yeah, I, we would have to like schedule a different time because you know it's not just the late or early bedtime; it's also the fact that that means I wake up later and this person wakes right. up earlier. So we have to compensate for that. So forget about distance. I think it's more yeah. about <laughs> I think it's more about bedtime routine for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, what are what are your thoughts on that, Jasmine? <laughs> Honestly, I I think that one hundred percent makes sense. I am very much an early bird, and Mark is definitely a night owl. But our our schedules have fluctuated greatly over the years. In college, we used to both stay up to like three a.m. And I think the main reason that. that I now go to bed early, I'm not a nine p.m. sleeper. I'm going to put that out there. I'm more like eleven p.m. is is because of more health-related reasons. I was getting really bad migraines, and the main thing is just having not more sleep, but it's consistent sleep. And so if I have to wake up for 7 a.m. to go to work, you know, then sometimes that means that I wake up at 8 a.m. on the weekends. Yeah. That being said, I totally agree with what you're saying, and even though Mark is a night owl, you know, I've been able to push my sleep schedule a little bit later, and he's been able to pull his forward a, a tiny bit, and it's like, it's not perfect, but it's much closer. It sounds like from what you're saying, though, there was at least, you know, different periods of time, especially in the beginning, where you had more or less the same, the same schedule, though, right? Yeah. Like, if you had started dating, and, you know, your bedtime was 9, 10 p.m., and his was, like, 4 a.m. or 2 a.m., right. that would have been difficult. You're right. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, 
Yeah, I think like we t- again we we talk about it like it's you know a surface level factor right. at times. But really, I think it's about how you live your life and like yeah. what what time you spend as your own. Yeah. Well, honestly, the one that I was gonna list is very surface level. So I'll tell you one of mine. Uh-huh. My first one, which sounds very surface level, which probably has a deeper meaning, is I am one hundred percent not dating a guy who is not adventurous with trying food. Ooh. You know, okay. Yeah, Nicole, I'm about to throw shade to somebody that you and I knew in high school. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I'm not going to name his name. Not that he would ever hear this, but he dated somebody that you and I knew. And I learned from her that he only ate white food, like rice and pasta and other types of white food. I don't really know. Not like Why? white person food. White colored food. Oh wait, wait. That's I totally thought it was white person no, food. No, not white. Not like I don't know what a white person food even is. But I mean <laughs> food that lacked wait, color. Did he have like a phobia? I don't know. It was weird. I'm glad I never dated him. Um, that's 100 a deal breaker for me. And of course, I think there's all these deeper meetings, like, are you culturally open to trying things? Are you an open person? Are you adventurous? But like, if you ain't trying food, which is like the (laughs) bare minimum of being open, I don't even want you. Like, I do not want to date you. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would not want that at all. Like, if this person is not adventurous and yeah. different, trying to it doesn't. It's not even food, right? It's like about like traveling and like yeah. different types of like. I could do without the yeah. skydiving, though. You know, like that's, that's true. That's I'm yeah. not, you know, but the food, the food is important, guys. But the thing is, like, if they were open to skydiving, great. Like that's yeah. the thing. You wouldn't be against it. It's just you personally. Right. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I just it wouldn't be a deal right. breaker for right. you if they were yeah. into it. I feel like a lot of what we talk about ends up being at the surface level, like this, like, you know, superficial concept, but then there's like a lot of rationale back, backing up it, you know, like the video games concept. It's really not about the video games. You can replace that with anything. Right. Totally. Um, Yeah. Um, So do you have any other deal breakers? um, I think another big one that I had was probably on the idea of like, I know it sounds almost cheesy, but listening, mm-hmm. um, and I'll add context there. I think I think that generally speaking, I'm more introverted and I really enjoy, I really, really do enjoy collecting like a lot of data points and listening to my friends. Like it, it yeah. gives me energy. Yeah. Like, but once in a while, you know, especially in my predominant romantic relationship, I would like mm-hmm. a partner that does the same for me. Yeah. And so this gets very personal, but I think for me, I would like someone that really listens the way that I listen for other people. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely not a negotiable and it's something that I've spent some time realizing that I need. Right. Um, but it goes it really goes a long way. And the good thing is you can really easily tell. Like I think you can spend a short amount of time with someone, and by that I mean like four or five dates. And yeah. be able to pick up on whether or not they totally really enjoy listening. That's yeah. a great one, though. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, what about what about you? Do you do you have any more? Yeah, I have one more, and I can kind of round out this conversation. So again, this is a very specific one to me, though. Uh, for those of you who don't know me in real life, I am an extremely emotional person. Like. I love feeling all the feelings when I'm happy. I'm so happy, even if it's over something super mundane. If I'm sad, I like to cry. I like to cry during movies. And I would really have a problem if somebody didn't accept my emotions or made fun of Uh my emotions in some regard, who, like, wouldn't let me cry over things. And specifically, I think there's a difference between letting me be and not making fun of me. But right. also, even if I'm crying over something that's hurting me and they think it's stupid that I'm crying over it, which is fine, everyone's right. entitled to them, that they right. would still comfort me actively. Yeah. You know, like, do you need ice cream? Can I give yeah. you a hug? Can I get you a movie? Yeah. Somebody who, even thinking that what I'm doing is stupid, accepted my emotions because I really like my emotions. You know what? I think this all ties back to principles again. I think it's about. Like at the surface, it's about emotions, right? But it could be about anything. It's really just 
you want someone that accepts you, Acceptance, right? Who's you're not right. Trying, right. Who's not trying to change a big part of you. And obviously having yeah. emotions and how you, your thoughts on things is a huge portion of, of you, right? Right. Wherever that is. So um, do you think a question on there, are there exceptions? Do you think that there are any cases where it's okay? And maybe there aren't where someone could be less emotional and um, you'd be okay with it. Well, again, it's not about being less emotional, right? It's not about them not being, them being emotional. It's about them accepting my emotions. And you know what? My, my edge case is always the same, Nicole. Yeah. It's okay in the beginning, but the second that you express it to that person, that that's important to you, if they're not on board, then they got to go. Yeah. It's fine. Nobody is a mind reader. And I think that so easily people starting out in relationship <laughs> are thinking like, man, this guy is a jerk because he like made fun of me for crying. But also, did you ever tell him that you really care about crying and it upsets you when you cry and he makes fun of you? Yeah, no, no, no. I completely agree with that. And I think in some ways to conclude our series on relationships, right? I think a lot of what you and I are saying is less about the superficial and always about the principle. And I think it's the yeah. idea that we always deserve someone that for the most part accepts or tries to understand who yeah. we are and is yeah. okay with that and doesn't try to change that. Even if we want to change ourselves, you know, because, you know, a lot of life is evolution. Yeah. Um, but it's like being with someone that is not pushing us to do that or like inspires us as opposed to forces us. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. <laughs> well, that concludes our pretty long episode on deal breakers. This was yeah. super fun to talk about. The answer is Nicole and I are the same person. So men out there. We have the same values. Yeah. If you want to date one of us, you can probably date the other one as well if the first one doesn't work out. We don't have uh, the exact same like interests, but I think fundamentally some of the most important things like jasmine like um what's something that you like that i don't like um i don't know what's your favorite color green mine's blue there we go bottom <laughs> no, there's no more. yeah anybody else that likes green hit me up at jazz jaros on instagram and nicole i don't know your username it's nicole y as in yellow wang w-a-n-g wow way to go against the blue thing i don't know what that's about (laughs) okay great job uh awesome this was again our last podcast episode about relationships thanks so much for tuning in this week and we are so excited and we hope that you guys will tune in for our next podcast about a completely new topic yeah thank you guys for listening bye